Well, hello, lovely X-Files listeners. This is Dean popping in to the beginning of this episode to regale you with tales about how this particular episode was recorded a long time ago. Uh, And why am I doing that? Well, because there's going to be a bit of a discrepancy in the sound quality that you're used to. We're probably going to talk about episodes we've covered or about to cover, which is going to be completely inaccurate, and uh, just our general uh, tomfoolery on the microphone here. And uh, it's interesting. I actually listened to the beginning of this episode before republishing it for you guys. And we started talking about Planet of the Apes, the 2001 version, which was recorded on the science fiction film podcast, which as you know, uh, no longer does episodes. We've moved to the Lost Drive-In. But I was trying to figure out when did that come out? This recording of Field Where I Died was done in June of 2017. June of 2017, almost four years ago, Josh and I, Josh, Joss, almost four years ago, Josh and I sat down to record this episode, which is fucking bananas. So um, that is the disclaimer you get up front, the reminder as to what republished means, and the reminder as to why maybe some of the conversation won't make sense from a programming perspective. Okay, well, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done flapping my gums. And I'm going to shut up so you can listen to me flap some gu- my gums some more with my good pal Josh four years ago. All righty. Enjoy. LSG Media is proud to bring you the X-Files podcast with hosts Josh and Dean. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Dean, that's Josh, and uh, we're back at it again this is back-to-back X-Files recordings for Josh and I. We recorded yesterday X-Files. We're recording today X-Files because X-Files is awesome. Mm. And it's fun to talk about. And we waited too long. And we're trying to get back up on that horse. And uh, we're going to ride out uh, the time that we have while we can and get some fucking X-Files dropping. Dude, what's up, Josh? Not much, man. Just hanging out. Excited. Can't believe uh, we're right back out. Are we going uh, we to dangle this one? We're going to hold it back a little bit? Or are we just yeah, I think plow it uh, out there. Well, they just got Planet of the Apes on the science fiction film podcast. Dude, um, that was good. By the way. <laughs> it was a fun not the movie, I, the episode. No, 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 it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> that was a fun show. But um, we're trying to. Um, yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know. We'll see how we feel. Some, I'm really bad at holding content, hmm. especially if it's not part of something larger. And I usually just go, oh Jesus, and I just. <laughs> Let that content fly. Let it fly. Ropey, trail, ropey trails of content. <laughs> Peter North, our listeners. That's right. With delicious well, content. Yeah. Yummy. You're going to love it. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I'll, I'll know. tell you one thing for sure. If you're listening to this, it's been released. So it's kind of That's a mute point. point. Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of a mute point. This is us sort of doing uh, verbal jerking off for yeah. nothing that really matters to the listener. Nope. But... um you know what, buddy? I don't know. I think I'm probably just going to drop this shit sooner rather than later in the next few days, I would guess. I like it. But uh, yeah, we are back at it. It was your pick. You came up with uh, this this particular episode. I did. But before we get into all that jazz, let's just remind people that this is going to spoil the episode in question. This is uh, another Monster of the Week episode, not in fact a mythology episode, which we, we shy away from a little bit. One of these is probably just going to go on a mythology run. And then we should also note that this is going uh, to uh, probably have some bad words and stuff in it. If if saying Peter North in the first four minutes 
Mm. Uh, did not tip you off as to what kind of show LSG Media runs, then you it should is be. not a safe place. No, it's no, bad no, news no. bears. Bad words, bad things happen. And uh, I'm just letting you guys know. So, Josh, buddy old pal, why yes. did you pick The Field Where I Died? Why did you pick this one? Well, um, I picked it. So, when we first started talking about doing this little X-Files project, um, when you were bringing me on the old LSG team back a while the ago old, now, I, uh, I, I had started to do an entire uh, X-Files rewatch, like right through. On Netflix, the whole thing's there, so I'm like, why not? So over the course of a while, you know, a few months, I'm blasting through, and I'd seen, dude, honestly, I, I, I think there's still some episodes in like seasons eight and nine I haven't seen all of, to be totally <laughs> honest. I know. Right? Um, but the vast majority of the first five seasons I've seen many times, especially the first few seasons. I sure. owned a bunch of those fuckers on VHS. Yep. This one is only season four which mm. I, I've seen a lot of, I mean, I've seen it all, every episode, and most of them multiple times. But for whatever reason, man, I watched this episode and I was like, I don't remember this at all. And, I, and I love it. Dude, I, I was just fascinated. Like, I'm like, how did I let this one slip by? Really loved it. It's so different for X-Files. Um, and then I... I w- one thing I don't often do is I was like, huh, like I wonder why like I, I never see this, the name of this episode or whatever. I looked, man, a lot of people hate this episode. It's got a real yeah. love-hate thing going on mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see where you fall on it. But um, yeah, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. I think it, it does some pretty neat things. It has some issues uh, structurally maybe as an episode. But um, overall, pretty cool concept and uh, gives me the feels a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I like your style. Do, do, is, I mean, is, this, is, this, is that just how you want to do your opening impressions? I guess that makes sense, right? You start with your opening impressions while you picked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess um, that's about it. I mean, I, I'd say you'd call it a monster of the week, even though there, there really is no monster, unless you want to call no. it the cult leader there, Vernon Ephesian, a monster. Um, but the topics are pretty cool in terms of like cult reincarnation, shit like that. The, the aspects of, of Mulder and her relationship and that idea of those relationships over time is something I don't personally believe in, but I find fascinating in like a dramatic sense is awesome. And him and Scully, um, I think there's some pretty cool performances. I like that they really tried to throw some heavy heat at Mulder, you know, at Duchovny yeah. rather to handle. Yeah. Um, and this, this chick they brought in, the writers brought in from uh, a couple other shows they'd written space above and beyond a millennium. Sure. Kristen cloak. Yep. Um, and uh, I, I'm a big fan of tragedy in general, like in, in storytelling. And I, sure, I sure. like the, the tragic, wrap up to this tale. I think it's, it's kind of, kind of beautiful. Mm, interesting. Um, so when I sat down to watch this, I, I went through this thing and I guess maybe it was similar to your experience, but I went through and I was like, Oh, I know what this episode's about. I remember this clear as day. And it's this weird, I don't know what happened. I don't know if there's this like wacky mass hypnosis with this thing, but like <laughs> I didn't remember it as much as I thought it did at all. Now I remembered 
very specifically Christian Cloak and her performance. And I remember Sydney, and I remember, uh, you know, that stuff. But I thought it was something totally different. I thought we were talking about some different episode because I've seen this episode. I've seen it more than once, but for some reason it just doesn't stick in my brain as something that stood out as very memorable to me outside of what Cloak does with her split personality gear changing, which I do remember. But for some reason, I remember them belonging to a different episode. Now, you and I were chatting today and I said, hey, crazy, right? That this is Michael Massey, RIP buddy, yeah. who plays Fun Boy in The Crow. That's Vernon Ephesian. Yep. And yep. for some reason, when I think of Vernon Ephesian in the character and this sort of compound, I felt as if the stuff with Cloak or Melissa, the character, was in a totally different episode. So I've, I've, I, I didn't realize, oh shit, they're all in the same, this is all the same thing. I don't know why I thought that. For some reason, I was thinking something totally different that this was, and then when I sat down to watch it, I was surprised. Now, here's my, my initial impressions are simply this. Uh, I like this episode, but I had to sort of try to like it, and I liked it more. I actually watched it two times today. I watched it once while I was at lunch um, from work and then once as soon as I got home. So I've seen it twice in the span of four hours, which is pretty unique for me. But um, when I originally watched it, I felt as if what I wanted or what I expected was more of the whole cult piece. But it really isn't about that at all, I didn't think. I think it's more about cloak like you said, the idea of reincarnation, the idea that these relationships existed throughout time and perhaps still exist today. In the, in, and it's more like the, the, the enemy in this episode is time, right? That the, the thing Skinner stresses in this is that there's only so much time to get this guy Ephesian on something because he probably got tipped off and the weapons we're looking for just in fact are not there. So we need to figure it out and we need to go through this woman. And there's a lot of this regression hypnosis stuff going on in this episode and less of the look at this influential creepy cult leader. We just sort of take it for granted that he is this influential cult leader who's convinced people to do this crazy shit and that they're racing against time more than anything. My expectation was, oh, cool, we're going to get into the into the underbelly of this cult shit and it's going to be weird. We're going to learn about that. And we didn't. And that's okay because the story they told was kind of neat, but it wasn't what I expected for sure. So I was a little like, whoa, that's different that threw me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I felt like I kept waiting for the cult part of the story. And then when I started to realize, holy shit, there's 18 minutes left there. This is the, they're going through. This is what they're going to do. This is the story. Um, and then when I watched it a second time, my expectations were different, obviously, because I just watched it. And then I said, okay, I see what they're going for here. And I actually liked it a little bit more. So kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's not perfect, but I, 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 I I like when X Files reaches for things, and I think they're really they're really trying something different here. And I think they succeeded on some levels. Um, they actually the first this this episode had the longest initial cut of any episode. It was uh, yeah. like sixty four minutes. So they had to drop eighteen minutes. Yeah, and in TV that's a lot, <laughs> dude. That's that's crazy. They cut eighteen minutes out of like. And that's a ton because you're right. There is a lot going on here and I, I think it works well to initially present the cult thing and then, okay, multiple personalities. And I like, 
how I like how long I, that it takes for that aspect of the previous lies and the connection with Mulder to come out. Um, mm-hmm. I think some people think it's kind of like shitty pacing. It's a slow episode. It's weird. It's melodramatic. But, uh, you know, I think... It's a, yeah, it's a, I found it a, a, a little melodramatic, but I don't... The pacing was fine for once you realize it is what it's going to be. Right? Yeah, yeah. But it's... Uh, yeah, man, it's kind of neat, like, some of the stuff. And what I like about the episode really specifically, and we'll, we'll, I guess we'll talk more about this at the end of the episode because that's where it's relevant, is that X-Files does what it does so well, and it always makes you realize... Is there a sort of a reincarnation thing here, or are we talking pure coincidence here? Um, based on Scully saying, "Look, this is her illness. This is that. This is this. This is she's giving you nothing, man. There's no actual things here to go on." Yeah. Um, and are you reading into this? Are you allowing something you have going on in your head to create? And that's that's always something that this show has done a good job of doing. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely. When I think about the field where I died, and I think about this episode as it relates to some of my favorites, uh, it's not one of my favorites, but it's surely better than the revival. <laughs> like it's good. I wouldn't call it bad X Files. I think that's being kind of harsh. But um, I like that. I like uh, we we don't on this particular uh, on the science fiction feed more often, but I think on this feed we don't often really disagree about episodes. So it's this will be kind of fun to have like a little bit of a different take on it. Yeah, because in general yeah, sure. we, we're picking episodes that both of us love, right? Well, we're just picking ones really good ones, usually that we both like. Yeah, um, and it's funny because I've been thinking about do I want to grab a couple of weird ones to talk about and go through it, and then I'm like, yeah, but I want to watch this one. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's I why really I really want to watch this one again because I'm like, <laughs> I would never put this on like a a best of, but I'm like, man, I like this a lot, and it's really intriguing, and, and it's not it's not on anybody's best list. Like, you know, sure. there's tons of those, you know, best, 10 best, 20 best, mm, 15 best yeah, yeah, X-Files yeah. episodes. So let's just, uh, should we just get into this bitch? Yeah, let's do it. Boom. We open up in the old field with, uh, with some poetry by Richard Brown, I believe. And, yeah. uh, he's just dumping some, obviously I looked that up. I'm not a poet. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck, let me stop you guys right there. Don't, don't say, holy shit, this guy knows his poetry. No, that's Matt Anderson. He might, he probably would have known this. I did not know this. And I mean that with all due respect to Matthew, who knows this shit really well. But this is a fucking great poem. Yeah. I, I read the shit out of it after the uh, second time I watched it. Me too, it. me too. Yeah, Parrot Perp, uh, God damn it. What's the guy's name? <laughs> the name of the poem, God damn it. I forget, but Robert Brown is the is the poet. And it's um like per whatever I'll I'll look it up. But oh, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking at all my tabs I have open. I usually yeah, me too. Get prepped. I must have closed that tab. I'm like shit. I think I did too. Um, uh, this is an interesting cult. Like X Files has a lot of cold opens, but usually it's you know a a crime in progress, right? Sure. Something weird happening. Um, versus just Mulder standing in a field with like a pretty pretty like devastated look on his face sure yeah he's great in this and you're like wow okay something something real serious happens Mulder Mulder is an emotional character but there's not a lot of things that can get him like truly deeply distraught right I mean usually it's either about his sister or Scully like those are the two main things that we see like emotionally affect him the most probably through the show sure so I guess what I'm saying is that this episode starts right off with like 
throwing it out there like we're we're gonna have some emotional stakes involved. And then it's kind of yeah. like a challenge to the episode itself to live up to that. And I should mention this is um, Darren and Wong. Uh, right. Uh, and did I say Robert Brown? His name's Robert Browning. The poet? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I, sure I we're going to get a lot of hate mail about that. <laughs> Morgan and Wong. When I say Darren, I was thinking about his brother, and Darren Morgan. Morgan and Wong. Great writing duo <clears throat> of uh, of X-Piles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's uh, it's Mulder. And he's just looking at the these old Civil War era pics of a of a man and a woman, separate pics, separate pics, and then uh, credits, and then we come back from the credits to a joint uh, little ATF and FBI raid on a compound. Yeah, this is intense. Yeah, so. Temple of the Seven Stars, uh, this place in Tennessee. And, and it should be noted that this um, this episode is the season four, episode five, which is important in terms of just finding it on Netflix. But it, w- it was aired in um, the 3rd of November, 1996, which is only three years after the Branch Davidian thing in Waco, Texas. Yeah. And uh, that's something I remember very distinctly because I was in high school when that happened and it was just this crazy thing that the more history went on, the more fucking insane that whole thing became. But pretty bold to set your episode around a a cult, a doomsday cult, as it were, that um, is going to off themselves, Jonestown style, three years after the Branch Davidian thing goes down with David Koresh. Yeah, pretty um, huge. Uh, whose, whose real name, I believe, is Vernon. Yep. And that's the inspiration, correct? Yes. Vernon Koresh was his real name, so that's why they named him Vernon Ephesian. Good name, by the way. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, the Waco thing, that is the first, that's the first major event I remember watching like live unfold. Right. Something on the like news that. for me. I sure. mean, I, you're a couple of years older than me, so I was only, I guess I was 10 when it happened. Yeah. Um, but that's the first thing I remember, like sitting there, mouth agape, watching, it's I don't even know if it was bonkers. CNN then or, or whatever it was, but like live coverage. I remember them, the fucking tanks, like rolling into the building. Slamming into the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. slamming into the corner and the flames starting to poke out. I remember like that live. That's the first thing I ever saw like that live. And uh, I think just because of that and because of my age, it really stuck with me. Yeah, and absolutely, man. I think you're the same. Cults are, cults are a fascinating thing to me. Yeah, man. They really fascinate the shit out of me, big time. Big we, time. We I don't sh- know why. I, we should something- start one. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Uh you know, uh, did you get like seven wives? So many wives. Well, however many kidding you want. me. That's young people shit. <laughs> what? That seven? Is, dude, seven chicks. That's young people shit. <laughs> the fuck out of here with that, sh- that fucking nonsense. You want to have a date? You want to, you want to have fucking time, time to yourself? Forget about it. <laughs> These fucking seven chicks up your ass all day. I have a hard time with one. <laughs> no shit. Hey, did you ever see, um, quick side tangent. You ever watch a show, big love with Bill Paxton? No. TV show? Yeah, it's all about it's all about um what's the word I'm looking for? Polygamy? Yes. Uh he is um I believe he is a uh, Mormon? 
Yes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what are we playing? Fucking Madeline? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking waving my hands trying to get you to guess. Awesome. <laughs> so anyway, and um, he's in it and he has three wives. And um, and it's and it's you watch it and you're like, oh, pretty cool. And one of them's uh, Chloe Savigny, who I think is just so fucking like filthy sexy. And um, I love filthy sexy. She's filthy sexy. She's the chick from Brown Bunny that blew the guy for real. In the movie, oh, look it up, classic. Yeah, look, yeah, fucking hardworking girl. <laughs> fucking what a pro, dude. She's an artist, man. She is an artist. She's a goddamn hardworking artist. But anyway, uh, it, it, it's cool because you see like the enormous stress he's under, and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not begrudging the man, but I'm just saying when you watch it, and Bill Paxton's so great, you just see, oh my god, like the stress, the politics of the church stuff. It's fucking. It's it's cool to watch, man. It's cool yeah. to watch. Yeah, it's wild. And you just see him like fucking wanting to blow his brains out half the time. I'd imagine. Yeah. I, I don't want to go too far with the tangent, but it just reminded me: gross, hot, or like dirty, hot, whatever. Mm, dirty Dude, hot. Blake Lively in uh, the town. Who? Yeah. Wheelhouse. Yeah. 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 I like it. Yeah. She's so fucking magnificent looking, though. It's hard to call her dirty hot. Well, they 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 dirty dirty her up. Dirtied her up. Yeah, selfie yeah. up, you know. Uh, what what's her name? Is it is a what's that black snake moan? That's really dirty hot. Oh yeah, yeah, the one where she he got her on a chain and shit. Yeah. She wore a fucking Confederate flag t shirt. Yeah, what the fuck's yeah, her name? That's that's not my flavor of dirty. Yeah, she's real, real like filth. Yeah, no. Christina Ricci, that's the one. Yep. Anyway, but um, yeah, I wasn't saying it because she had a Confederate flag shirt. <laughs> it's just. Well. You know what I'm saying? There's the dirt and the and the and the grime and the I don't know what it was. She's yeah, overrated. <laughs> yeah. No, but what I okay. want to say is this. Um Yeah, dude. So this is the beginning of they kick this place in. They're looking for evidence they can't find. Classic. Yeah. They nope. They're looking for weapons and they're looking for the cult leader. And they're not finding mm-hmm. it immediately. They're running around and then Mulder Mulder gets this weird look on his face and he looks towards the back door and there's something about that door that I like how they shoot. You know, the mm. light coming in is, has a kind of almost mystical look to it. It's, you know, it's weird. It's, I think it's supposed to inspire like the idea of a doorway more than just a door, you know? Indeed. Right. So, and then he walks out and for like the 781st time, Scully's calling after Mulder who's just fucking ignoring her. Mm. Dude, and we sort of hear this. I am that I I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Uh, which we hear sort of as a voiceover, but then we hear actual prayer as they close in on this trap door out in the yeah, out we, in the which is clever because like it goes from the voiceover to kind of a pause and Scully hearing something moving, and then the actual voice is praying. Sure, uh, and they open up, and it looks like they stop them from doing a little uh, suicide okay. pact in there. A little, little fucking Jonestown action? Yeah, mini Jonestown. Hey, drink that Kool-Aid, bitch. But no, they don't. And uh, she spits in his dirty, heretic face. Yep. And there's... Spits. There's... Beyond that, there's like a, a kind of a strong look from uh, Mulder to her, right? Yeah. That kind of sure. really lingers, camera really lingers on it before he starts manhandling um, Ephesian out of there. Yep. Absolutely. And um, here's what I want to say about this. This is something that I, I probably should have said at the top, but I'll say it now. Um, 
they both have a lingering look on each other. Like after she spits at him, we get a real long look until Ephesian like rubs his hand over her face in that like kind of creepy caretaker way. And they share a look for a, for a good long beat. Yep. Um, but in regard to that, one of the, one of the greatest reincarnation, like unrequited love things of all time is like the whole Dracula story, right? So you have this guy who is, depending on who you ask, on what flavor of story you take, you have this guy who is a Christian who is fighting against the, uh, the what, the Turks. Yeah. And um, yeah. he's a Wallachian prince. And then he gets, and then when you want to make it supernatural, he is this guy who is murdered and he lost his wife who thought he was dead, and then he comes back again and sees her again as this creature. So there's this weird sort of reincarnation. Like, that's the reincarn- one of the reincarnation stories I know quite well. I just don't know many others. So I started to actually, on the second watch, I started to think about that part of it, and I, and I thought that that was kind of cool, like this recognition. Um, and then when they get into the pictures at the end, I, li- I, liked, I actually started to like that more the second time around when I stopped thinking that it was going to be about something else, you know? Yep. <clears throat> it was kind of cool. Cool. And, well, we cut right to some cool mug shots. I like that. Yeah, Skinner's running this meeting. Yep. And, uh, boy, he is, uh, they're listening to a Sydney. We learn that this is, uh, we hear some dialogue like, this isn't what I signed up for, or something about kids, or something about guns. The ATF, and I guess the FBI, is like a joint task force. Yes. Or is it all ATF with just Mulder and it, Scully? I'm not sure. It was an it was an ATF investigation that had been gone on for 18 months, culminating sure. in that phone call, that, that phone getting call. a source or whatever inside the place. And basically they're got their dicks in their hands. Sure. And I like I love this. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's like fuck, the stakes are high. They've wasted all this time they don't have anything to show it for they're holding them on what Skinner says basically bogus charges just yeah, gonna trumped up paper shit. thin gonna last long enough for them to get their lawyers and work through the thing you time is like you said time is a big theme here time's of the essence you need to dig out some more evidence you need to find this Sydney if you don't find Sydney he might be dead so he might be looking at murder if they found out that they had a informant Inside their right, midst, which right? shows you how Skinner feels about this whole group. He yep. does not think that they're above this. Yeah, and there's infighting. I like that. Like ATF and the FBI are kind of giving each other shit. I like that the other FBI guy calls calls Mulder spooky. Like our boy Spooky found found mm. the you know bunker or whatever, like in a loving way. Like sure, <laughs> like guy. Yeah, and I like know, I like the stress here. Right, there's a lot of stress on the yeah uh, that. That's something I really like about all this. They're just stressed out. Yeah, and, um, and it's no, it's not subtle. Well, I'm not saying it's not subtle. It, it isn't subtle, but it doesn't try to be. Skinner straight up mentions Waco and Jonestown. He does, right? And I and I appreciate that because it's it would, too it, it's too nonsensical not to. Of course, it's like not saying maybe we should shoot him in the head like all those movies we watched about zombies. It's just <laughs> yes. you're just not being realistic. Right? Exactly. So. Scully says that he's a paranoid, charismatic sociopath obsessed with the book of Revelations and he will use the text to get anything he wants out of his followers. And Skinner retorts by saying that Defesian had six women on the verge of suicide uh, and he's worried that once these people get released from custody that his poor paranoia will push them over the edge and we will literally be dealing with, as you said, Waco, Jonestown, you name it. 
Yep. Yikes. This is awesome. So here's one of the fascinating things about cults to me. Cults, cults fascinate me in that they are so hard to attack from a law enforcement standard because they're all willing participants. Yes. So you, it's really hard. Um, many, many years ago, I dated a, a woman who ended up doing some type of counseling. It was cult exit counseling. And um, we had some pretty wild conversations about this shit. And one of the things about it is that their complete and utter reliance on the cult and how the cult has complete and utter control over them in that the biggest fear that they have is being cast out, not even beaten or ritualistically sacrificed or any of the Hollywood stuff, but just being turned out into the fucking night naked with nothing, having abandoned your family, having no money, nothing at all. You're a fucking vagrant, no identity. And that's really where the power comes in. They all willingly give all their, cause I was like, how do they get all this money? They all willing, they work for free. They work as volunteers. Yeah. All the money goes right back in. And uh, that's sort of how they stay insulated, which explains the firearms. And in this particular episode, the property size, all this stuff that they have, all these people there, they can live there self-sufficiently. They have a shitload of money. They're not, like poor dumb hicks. And that's the real fuck of cults. Just look at Scientology. I mean, a lot of them, alleged cult, a lot of them are smart, educated people that sort of get pulled into this thing. And um, that's where I thought this was fascinating because Skinner is so convinced that for whom the bell tolls is coming, if this guy gets out and we got nothing, that it almost becomes a race against the clock because of the utter certainty that this man will carry out some sort of terrible thing should we not be able to keep him in custody. And there's no recourse that they can give. That's awesome. Yeah, It's, it's not like I can go watch this guy and stop him before he murders somebody. No, that'd be too easy. That's what makes it so fucking nuts to me. Yeah, there's nothing, you're right. There's nothing, it's not illegal to be in a cult. It's not illegal right. to start a cult. No. Unless it's the cult is doing do- illegal things, you're... Right, you're kind of fucked, and and that's why they're trying to find those illegal things. That's right. But yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to to you know put surveillance on someone you suspect is about to murder somebody than to Indeed. stop a bunch of people from committing suicide. Right. You, know, you don't have right, a legal suicide might be illegal technically in most sure. places, but you know you you can't lock somebody up for attempted suicide or conspiracy right. to commit suicide. <laughs> right. There is no conspiracy to commit suicide because he's never explicitly, explicitly, explicitly stating that this do this and you will get this. He's really just talking in biblical terms, which is really, there's, there's something pretty, pretty slick about that. Right. The way yeah. he's, the way he speaks, but yeah, that's, that's part of the problem is, all of this is willing stuff. And until, and, and that's where the, whim, the, the, the women, that's where the children become the leverage point for law enforcement. If you find out that abuse is being carried out, it does give you a reason to move, um, even if it's only, you know, even if it's only half-assed, but still, yeah, and that's I think why. Historically, a lot, of, a lot of actual cults, you know, if they've got an informant or something like that, it's, it's been because of the kid issue. Sure. And most of the time with cults, it's not even a question of the cults being disbanded. They simply just, people will, will get out of them and then they have to reintegrate themselves into society. Right. And that's what's so wild about it. Like this, 
dude, think about this for just a fucking minute. Um, there are, <laughs> so the aforementioned uh, person that I used to be with, we went to a grocery store once in Plymouth, Mass. I'm not going to say the name of the grocery store, but it was like a, like a whole food sort of, not, not the company, but like that kind of place. And she told me that this place was owned by a cult. So we went in there and I heard her talking to the person who worked there who had this long braided hair, long jean skirt, right? The whole nine. And the person would not refer to themselves as I or me. They always said we, right? Ugh. It was weird, dude. And then what? This, yes. That's and 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 uh. and and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and the young woman I was dating at the time said specifically said, "No, no, no. How long have you worked here?" And she said, "Well, we've been here like totally ignoring it." So the elimination of the I is really fascinating, right? And then after that it became and it's funny because I didn't really realize what was going on. I was like, "I'm going to buy something." And she's like, "No, we're not buying anything here." I'm like, Oh, I see. Uh-huh, I got you. I'm, I'm down with that shit. Fuck this place. So we, and then, and then they start immediately attempting to recruit her by saying things like, oh, we're going to be handing out flyers at the fireworks tonight. You should come see what we're about. We're going to have a meeting. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool people. It's going to be great food. And listen, dude, there are a lot of people in this world who when they feel like they don't belong will fucking eat that shit up. And I'm not saying that if you belong to some group that does the stuff that you're bad, but I'm saying if you're part of a weird fucked up cult that does funky shit, you're messed up. And that's exactly what's going on. And um, that sort of brings me back to, yeah, and that's what we're so creepy about. Oh, oh, here's what I want to say, because we're talking about infiltrating cults and in, in, in the real victims and how do you get at them. What's really fascinating about this whole fucking cult thing is that, in tragic in a sense, Later that evening, we're sitting up on this big, big hill. And if you've been to Plymouth Rock and up on the hill, you look way, you can, there's this real steep hill. You can look way down on the street and we're hanging out up there waiting for the fireworks and shit. And we just start looking for these people handing out flyers and they stick out like sore thumbs. So we're like, Hey, look at that guy, the hair tied back beard. He's got a couple kids with him. He's got a backpack and flyers. Look at her long hair, jean skirt. They all look the same. Plymouth mass, right? Um, I don't remember the name of, if I did, I would tell you because I don't really care if I say it on the air. I just don't remember the name of the, them, but I would say otherwise. Um, and they, and when you see their little kids, this is where cult shit gets really fucking weird. Second generation cult members. So imagine being born into a cult. You, you, you don't have any skills at all outside of that group mentality. It's fucking insane, dude. And, and good luck cracking that. And that's why they never get, they never just dissipate because people just go, I want out. I'm, I'm not, I don't want any investigations. I just want to get out. Just getting out is the hard part and getting on with a normal life and going to these counseling sessions so you can get reintegrated into society to learn how to be a fucking like person who deals with people who aren't like these weirdos, you know, it's, it's fucking intense. Um, and here's my one shout out. Check out the show, The Path on Hulu. It's all about this shit. It's wild, man. It's really good. Sorry, but yeah, this culture it gives me a boner because I it's so balls. it's the mental fucking it's the mental fuck of it. That's because to me the annihilation of the self is my greatest fear. Right? <laughs> like I'm such an indiv- indiv- individualist. Be a real shitty monk. 
willful prick. Like I, it's so hard. I like, I try to imagine myself in this situation and what that must be like. And I just have a weird macabre fascination with it. It's weird. Anyway. Well, speaking of cults, this is the scene where we, we meet our man. Yes, we do. Ephesian. He's Mr. awesome here. Michael Massey here. Rest in peace. God, he's um, so good here. I'm sure most listeners of the science fiction film podcast, um, and I think a lot of casual fans of The Crow know this, but if you don't know, Michael Massey plays Fun Boy in The Crow, and he was the in the unfortunate position of uh, mm. sort of being the one to pull the trigger with the gun that had the issue that ended up killing Brandon Lee. Sure. Right. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. He, uh, crazy. He's, he's, yeah, he is. Just out, just out a few months ago, but, uh, he's yeah. good at this. Fuck. He's he, great. This first scene is great, man. I like that they don't make him here. He's not ranting, right? He's not like the no. crazy, no, you know, he's because it doesn't make sense when they always make cult leaders like that, because I always ask myself, why would anybody ever choose to follow him? Right. It's like he has this great, really, really measured, plain spoken delivery, like really yep. earnest and plain spoken the way he talks to Mulder and Scully, you know, and he's reading, you know, giving different scripture references and sure. this and that. And it's, you know, it, you can, he does a great job in a smaller role than I remembered. Right. Me, me too. Um, me too. Of of making the most of it, his screen time to to show some charisma, force of personality um, when we see him. Right. I wanted. I think that's one of my issues with the episode. I kind of wanted more him and maybe a little less Melissa. Again, on the first viewing, but then when you yeah. realize, okay, I see what they're trying to do. I just kind of felt like ah, that's too bad. I could have used a little more of of the of that part of it. But um, dude, yeah, this stuff. I, I really good observation by you. The way he is sort of just matter of factly speaking in a calm and measured way. It's it's awesome. Yeah. And he has a charisma to him. He really does. He does. Because if he's Sully, up there and he's like screaming about Jesus and yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. then you're like, okay, this is a Jimmy's fucking swagger selling Bibles at midnight. You know, yeah, yeah. one of these guys. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he goes on to talk about, I know, I've known you were coming. I've known for nine centuries. Behold, the devil shall cast some of thee into prison that you may be tried. He'll have tribulation 10 days. Be thou faithful unto death and he'll give thee a crown of life. So he's dropping some shit. And we learn that, of course, Muller knows a little, a couple things. He's like, isn't that the church of Smyrna? I think he says, not Ephesia. And, if, and that's when he says, no, no, we're the temple of seven stars, kid. We're a little bit different. Um, but I am reincarnated, or something like that. Yeah, we got all seven cities. Yeah, we, like, we they're like an all. Up. They're like the all-star temple of. <laughs> yes, of, we got all of the all them churches, bro. Yeah, and uh, he said I was there when Apostle John Mark delivered the message of impending apocalypse. And uh, all right, this is going to be brief, but I can't help myself. Um, I knew a man. Uh, who hung out at a gaming store I used to go to, whose name I will not utter because I don't want to do this to him, uh, was convinced that he was a born-again angel and that he used to go to um, the strip club and heal strippers of their pain with his magic powers in his hands. He's a real person. <laughs> really? Real person. Wow. Yeah, real person. Heal- I'll say his first name because it doesn't matter. Angelo. Um Oh, right. I've heard stories about this guy before yeah, from, you have. from mutual yeah, acquaintances. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you have. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Healing strippers with his hands. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's what I told the arresting officer, too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, uh, Scully, um, but what I do want to say about this is, unlike Angelo, this gentleman is, is fairly convincing. <laughs> yes. Because we know that Mulder's going through this kind of weird thing in this episode. And watching him, Mulder is usually pushing back on these guys hard. He's almost taken by him a little bit. Mulder tries his little thing. This guy retorts and then Mulder just chills and watches him with almost a weird fascination. Yeah. Whereas Scully is the one saying, look, dude, <laughs> tell me about Sydney." And the lawyer's like, there is nobody named Sydney, and that's a member. And that's when Ephesian cuts in and he drops on Scully. Look, I don't know. I know you don't believe, and I don't really care if you do or you don't. It doesn't really matter. But put all that aside for the sake of your own soul. It's vital that you understand that all of the unfaithful and all the little beasties are going to be destroyed by God's mighty men, which comes up later, uh, the mighty men piece. And it is, uh, it, it is what has been told by God we must do, and God will pressure, or excuse me, preserve your soul. You're going out and coming in. Bam. I like that shit too. I like that he's not like, you heretic, you will burn. He's not like, listen, I don't care if you believe me or not. Says it straight up. It's great. That's right. That's that's somebody who truly believes in their position, right? It doesn't matter what you think. I'm just telling you the way it is. And that's that kind of real belief that comes through in this guy's performance. And it's subtle. Well, your members are released. So they're all going home. Right. All they're, all they're holding is Vernon and his wives. So right. Scully's like, all right, we got, I think she's like 18 hours. Something like that. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk to the wives. Mulder's looking through, um, looks at the picture of Melissa mm. for a long time. And he's yeah. like, uh, let's start with her. <laughs> Good call. Because the other ones are not as pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the Hank Moody coming through. Ding, 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 ding. So she's smoking. Uh, they ask her where she's from. She doesn't know. They ask her how long she's lived there. She says a year, which of course is the same amount of time she's been married to Ephesian, so he wastes no time. When asked if it bothers her that he has other wives, she starts to quote scripture, I believe, by saying something like, seven women shall take hold of one man, right? Yeah, I got to remember that scripture line for... Yeah, that's my move. Personal use. You go down to fucking, right? You go down to the old Bible lunch. <laughs> hey, let me help you with your tents. I was not cheating, as the Bible says. <laughs> Seven chicks, right? And one guy? Yeah, that 42 virgins? I don't know. I mix them up. I mix them up, too. I don't have to blow anything up, do I? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... They ask her if she has a child with him, and she just says, someday. Vernon's waiting on God to give him the old hookup, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she's Yeah, she's, she's like in the holding pattern. Yeah. There, there's him. not a um, prophet ready to be reincarnated, I think. I think that's correct. That's how, he, t- talk, that's how he times his babies. It's a good move. I think. Yeah, because you want the best babies. <laughs> yeah. You can't be the co-leader and have a shit baby. No. You gotta have the best babies. <laughs> Speaking of babies, they talk about child abuse, and this this snaps something. Oh, oh boy, does it ever! Mm. You know, Melissa's hot, right? Yeah, but let's definitely. be real; she's definitely. a hot woman, very, very much. She's she's got a bit of a man handness to her, which is kind of a bummer. 
got yeah, got she does have. She's got some mitts. Yeah, yeah, she's got some mitts. Make your dick look a look a baby dick. <laughs> Very unfortunate. Unfortunately, she's gonna make your dick look a baby dick. Number one. Number two. She got knockout power. So if you get an argument with her, she's gonna lay you the fuck out. And number three. The last thing I want to happen while I'm banging Melissa is for her to be like, all right, come on, put it in your <laughs> pussy. Come on, come on. Start slapping the side of her head. Come on, pencil dick. With that what is that? What is that? <laughs> you fuck like Harry S. Truman. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That would be unfortunate. I guess you could call that a dick. <laughs> wow. She's rough. Yeah, that was my fear. My instant fear was Sydney showing up at like, you know, you're, you're fucking around with this girl. You do, you know, you do something a little offbeat and you fucking trigger her and she jumps into this personality and I don't know. I got it. It would know? go bad it's in, all, in all the ways. You know, all, all the other personalities coming out, I think, would also be bad. Yeah, I don't want to even think about that. Yeah. But Sydney shows up and she's like, I saw things. Could have been anything. So she's sort of playing it off now. And they start sharing notes, multiple personality. Uh, I just wanted like Mulder to draw a dick inside a back door. <laughs> I've, or aliens, right? <laughs> draw the little alien face with the big round eyes. Question mark? Exclamation point. Scully just exhales. The look, the look she shoots him though, whenever he, said, whenever he writes down... Uh, reincarnation is just classic and then boom Uh, he goes goes straight to that Mm. before that's a move i guess yeah because i think anybody anybody else is behind you like okay multiple personalities dissociative disorder whatever i I think is how it's technically referenced sure and he's like yeah no past lives reincarnation that's where i'm immediately making that move why science because i felt weird when i looked at a door could have been my fucking grandfather's door you know, like <laughs> fucking Balder. Um, he got he got a little tinglys when he looked out a door. And now he just jumps right to it, and it's cause, based off the fact that she thinks Truman is the president. She, yeah. he, Sydney. Yeah. Um. Okay, so, so Mulder like, and Scully mm-hmm. talk to Skinner next, right? They're gonna take this <laughs> yeah. to Skinner, who's gonna, gonna love take it. it. Oh, Skinner gonna love loves it. this. <laughs> Uh, he says, listen, if he's and his wives were being arraigned in 15 hours, Mulder says, 15 hours, Mulder, 15, Mulder says that they have Sydney. He suggests they bring her back to the sites, expose her and will enable her to talk. It'll be sort of like a catalyst. That's what he wants to happen. And Scully's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So Scully's coming at this from the, this lady has multiple personality disorders, which is bad. It's not like a fun, cute disease. We get to play different characters. It's fucking horrific. You're going to bring this lady back to this place and trigger her. And then this is going to happen. And you're going to put her through hell. She's already been through hell. Why do you want to do this? Yeah. And that's when Mulder actually doesn't even bring up. This is interesting. Right. To two things I like here. We've mentioned it before. This is another example of X-Files giving information without being overly... Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, Expository? Ex- yeah, yeah. They're yeah. just discussing the multiple personalities, dissociative disorder, how it's classified, what different doctors think. It, it, it sounds realistic, as Skinner sure. and Mulder and Scully are talking about it. So, okay, cool. I like that. Then Skinner's like, okay, fine, whatever. He leaves. Scully's fucking pissed. So mad. 
which I love. And this is great that we are, uh, we just, this just came up in the last episode. Mulder's lack of guile. Yes. This is now three seasons on. Right. And it's interesting because this is not something you ever used to see from Mulder. Right. Where he, he would not, where he didn't reveal his entire belief. Sure. She's fucking pissed that Mm -hmm. he held back. Like the whole reason you want to go through this is because you believe that these multiple personalities are actually reincarnated lives. Right. And you didn't bring that up because you knew Skinner would think it would be bullshit. Right. But her concern is like the responsibility for Melissa. Yeah. You're, you're, you're you're running down because you're emotionally involved in this like theory of yours and you're fucking with a very fragile woman's head. Sure. Is what Scully's saying. And then right? he does the old, yeah, absolutely. And then he does the default. No, this is about 50 lives, right? He does that moral high ground move. Which, which she makes calls Scully yeah, <laughs> immediately. Like, oh, God. Yeah. That's when she just dumps the courage on him, and uh, he's pretty mad. And she's pretty mad. You, you, were, you were afraid because, you know, you, you just you didn't want to say it. And he's like, well, he wouldn't believe me. I don't believe that you feel responsible for 50 lives, which is great. Yeah. Great. Boom. Right? Right to the heart of the matter. The very heart of the matter. Yep. So, this wraps up pretty quickly. But, the, um... He, Mulder gets his way. They go to the... Of course. They go to You're the You're only for yourself, she says, by the way. I like that. Yeah. Temple of the Seven Stars. They go out there. They're going to check out the compound, see what's in the grass. And, uh... Well... Scully says to Melissa that they are here to listen to whoever may need to talk. So Scully mm-hmm. says, listen, we're here. We're here to listen to whoever you think might need to talk. To help the children and to help yourself, I think is what Mulder adds. But I don't remember. Um, Mulder says that they have that, that they have Sydney. He suggests they bring her back to the site. Wait, what the fuck? I'm sorry. Melissa starts to walk around. She looks at some pictures, one particular of her and Ephesian. And then she sort of knocks them all down and cries. So this is sort of where some shit starts to start for her. Yeah. And this is now we get a third personality comes out. That's Lily, right. Lily, the child. Lily, the child. Now she's scribbling uh, where any of your friends hurt in this room. Scully goes right for it because of the rapidity, bad word, alacrity in which he switches personalities. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's a good one. Matt would love that word. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big old literary boner. Oh yeah. And he, uh, or no, I'm sorry, not he, she, but Kristen Cloak is the actress's name. <laughs> Melissa is a character, but yeah, right. I gotcha. Uh, it, she does the kid well, like evasive, playful. Sure. Like does that sticks her nose out to her, or tongue to her nose rather. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think it's good. And then immediately when pressed by Scully, she, she just get, keeps grinding away. She This snaps to the Sydney, which is like the, 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 protector. the protector. Sure. Yeah. Mulder asks where the guns were hidden. So now he's, time is of essence, right? Melissa stops suddenly and looks out the same door Mulder did, and then she walks outside. And this is these, this, this door or doorway, as you so put, that connects these two people. Yeah. Or at least Mulder thinks so. There's that effect. She walks out in the field. 
Mulder kind of has this look on her face. It's weird. Yeah, Mulder gets weird. <laughs> Mulder weirdness, which is something that happens pretty often, but differently. Right. And he, he's following her, and then Scully's trailing along. Then she, we hear new voice. So this is now like the fourth, mm-hmm. you think, thing that we've heard from her. Yeah, this this would be Sarah Kavanaugh, as we will come to learn. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I love how this is done. That she starts talking about, you know, we have the guns and the bones. I like this a lot too. The, we knew the Federals become, and the numbers were too great. Yeah, and you're like, they, okay, okay, like, and Scully's like, okay, cool, like, and then she says shit about, you know, because they were coming back from Missionary Ridge and yeah, the yeah. Union Army, and then they're like, wait, what? Awesome. And she keeps going and then gives like the date, November, whatever, 1863. 25th. Yeah. Part of the Chattanooga campaign. Yeah. Fucking cool. I like this part of the, this episode a lot. I didn't expect this at all. Yeah. Cause this is a good, I mean, it's probably close to halfway into the episode. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe 15, yeah, about 20 25 minutes. minutes. About 25 minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, I don't know why, but it, there are some things that just, you know, there's some things that just work for you more yes, or less. I, yeah, it's it's a t- it's absolutely. You know, it in a you, very subjective in a sense. Mm-hmm. After multiple viewings, I still get fucking like my hair stands up when she turns to Mulder and says, "This is the field where I watched you die." Sure, it's like what? Right? Holy shit! I don't know, man. I I love that moment after. This whole reveal she's done, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of things working for me. Like I, I'm a history dude. I like the Civil War. Sure, I mean, sure. I like it, like enjoy it, but you know, to learn about. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm into this actress. I already love Mulder as a character. Sure. And to see him chasing down one of his rabbit holes and then to so directly be personally connected to it. You know, because when he, he has this passion for these things, these unexplained, for finding the truth, for whatever. So, and that's, this is another one of those things, right? This, this woman who has reincarnated lives and he has this weird feeling maybe, but then all of a sudden, like to, to so personally tie him right in there. Mm -hmm. And I think Duchovny does a great job just with his face looking back at her. Um, Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good moment. Good moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, this is the field where I watched you die. Yeah, uh, the, the the internet's telling me that Missionary Ridge was fought on the 25th. They said the 26th in the episode, unless they're just saying that's when he died, maybe the next day. But, yeah, um, because that's what she describes, that they... Okay, the following day they had left. And, yeah, because the Union wins, the Confederates are on the retreat, mm-hmm. and like some of them stayed there. Yeah. It's crazy to think about like the these the way they described it in this episode, the they had these people underground and they could hear bodies hitting like the ground out yeah. as they were underneath them yeah. hiding fucking bonkers, man. So yeah, when she says that to him, you're like, okay, whoa, wait a second. But this is where we beg the question. Is this a classic? Is this a, what's going on here? I mean, what is the X-Files trying to tell us in this particular story? Are they trying to tell us based on the photos that have some resemblances that this is in fact the case or is it Scully being Scully and saying, look, this, this woman, Scully doesn't say this, but 
she does think that this woman is a fucking, her mind is fucked up. She has problems. She has mental issues. Is she just simply turning and saying it to Mulder and Mulder has, happens to be in this vulnerable state. So he buys it, right? Oh, he buys, buys all of it, buys right. it out of stock. It's very much like the idea of a cult, right? Is, there's a vulnerable, it's, it's funny to see a microcosm of the cult play out from Melissa to, to Mulder in that, He's vulnerable. He's very susceptible to suggestion at this point based on where he's at mentally. For whatever reason, he just got squirrely when he saw the door. He got weird. He felt weird. And, and whether she spotted that or not or she just coincidentally turned and focused on him, it sends him into a fucking tailspin. It's great. I like yeah. it a lot. Now, yeah, is reincarnation real or not? I don't know. And that's what's so cool about the X-Files. <laughs> that's what's so awesome about the fucking show. Yep. Do you believe but in that, that shit? What's that? Reincarnation? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, man. That's a whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> not one of ours. But to, to put things simply, um, I, there's a lot of, this is a big fucking galaxy, man. I don't know what the fuck's going on out there. Mm. And so it's hard to definitively say, you, you know, I, I find the, I, I, I sometimes find the zealotry of, the uber religious as an, uh, I, I, well, um, let me say it this way. I sometimes find the zealotry of the atheist as annoying as the zealotry of the uber religious. I, I feel exactly because the same way. You know, they're both so, think they're so definitive. I'm like, really? Yeah. You do? That's a people, big People that are too. so sure that anybody has any Either kind of, of beliefs sure, are like sure. idiots. Like, okay. Yeah, I don't give it, I, I don't care about it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, organized religion is kind of weird, but based on the way it started, but I like a lot of the fucking there's the galaxy is a big place, bitch. Okay. More, more importantly, if you were going to come back and you couldn't like come back it. as a human, you want me to do an animal? Yeah. Jesus Christ. There's a lot of thought that's got to go into this pal. Hmm. <laughs> you can get back to me. Yeah. I'll have to get back to you. Final thoughts. <laughs> Final thoughts. Pick an animal. So they, um, there's kind of a hard cut from that to, Wait a second. can, can you pause? Yeah. Do I have my intellect? Um, or, or, or am I simply existing with the self-awareness of the animal in question? You can, uh, it can be like a, like a movie. You can have your little internal train of thought. You're, you're Dean in a little animal body. Hmm. You can't talk though. Can't talk, but I have my own brains. Sure. That's no fucking joke, kid. All right, keep going. Yeah. Um, th- they leave there. They're driving back at night. Melissa's sleeping in the back. Scully and Mulder t- are talking. Mulder, he's calling. He wants a hypnotist. Wants to keep. Dude, he is flipping out here, dude. He's driving the screws. And Scully's like, "Okay, slow your roll." Yeah, this is a fragile person. You could really do some serious damage to her. Right. And Mulder flips out. Flips out. How would I, I know I, about the bunker? Blah 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 blah. blah. I, I love how she just says she married Ephesian. Do you understand what kind of woman you're dealing with? Yeah. Like that compromises her judgment, does it not? She's in a fucking ridiculous cult. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not to Mulder. When Mulder... Mm. You, you were there. You saw it. His good and bad qualities are so overlapping. You know mm. what I mean? Like the, the things that are great about Mulder are also things that can completely derail him on a personal level, right. um, which is happening here. How could I know about a bunker in a field where I've never been? 
Well, that's hardly conclusive, Mulder, and a bit of a fallacy. But <laughs> she's like, carry on, you fucking wackadoo. Whatever. <laughs> well, obviously, we're going to go with the hypnotist. Mulder wins right. again. So Right. But what her line is so gangster. Why is it that, Ver- I'm going to paraphrase. Why is it that Vernon is paranoid? Is a paranoid sociopath, according to you, because he believed he lived in Greece 100 years ago, and you're not, even though you believe you died in that field. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Mike Mulder Trump. doesn't have an answer for that. No. Mike By the Trump. way. <laughs> he just puts on his puss, his fucking mad puss, and drives faster. <laughs> Mulder she mic drops him so yeah. Oh man, she mic drops the shit out of him all the time. Yep. So Melissa's, uh, Melissa's, let's get back to Melissa's hypnosis, eh? Because mm-hmm. Mulder gets what Mulder wants. Mm-hmm. Fucking white guys. <laughs> and uh, I don't understand the hand up in the air thing. They did it with Mulder too. Is that a thing in hypnosis I don't know about? I don't know. I've never. It must be. But do you see the size of her mitt when she's doing that? Gross. Look at Sean Connery's. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the other actress with these huge hands? Liv Tyler? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When she, whenever she grabs uh, Aragorn, who's like, Viggo Mortensen is like a, 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 like a good sized human. Yeah. When she grabs him by the face and it looks like, you know, and, <laughs> I'm like, he's got a man, a big man. He's got a big angular man face with Swedish blood and him. Swedish bones or whatever the fuck he is, Mortensen. Yeah. No effects needed when, when she like held her hands down the little hobbits. It's just actual live right. Tyler hands. Yeah. Yeah. They make her hands, her hands literally make uh, that boy Frodo, who plays him again, look like Elijah a Wood. Yeah, it makes Eliza Wood look like a child. All right. So, hypnosis yeah. time. I'm distracted by her fucking hands. Her hands are hypnotizing me. Uh, they ask, what show does that? Archer? They make fun of Lana's hands. Oh, yeah. So yep. funny. Yep. Um, they ask her something that was wrong at the Temple of the Stars, if anything hurt you. So, they start getting right into. They need to get evidence here. Yes. Which apparently we've understood that could potentially be testimony. There was an argument about this earlier in the episode, part of the Skinner argument. Mulder was claims that in the car. it could be. He claims it could be. Yeah, he's probably full of shit, by the way. Yeah. But anyway. Says the guy who, you know, we, <laughs> last we spoke about him was presenting his evidence in the tombs hearing. Didn't go so well. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just, believe just because you can present it as evidence doesn't mean that anybody sure. will fucking believe it. Okay? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Calling it evidence is not sacrosanct, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so there was a woman who came to the temple, Elizabeth, uh, Mel- and her Melissa child says, Scott. Yeah, Liz and Scott. Vernon took a liking to Scott. He was a returning. He was a returning prophet. So there you go. He took the boy away from his mother. They separate the prophet kids from the regular fucking can't get right kids. Vernon's children are the grandchildren of God. The mother's heart was broken. She was afraid, uh, of course, because there were mighty men around. And then one night, Liz sneaks in to see Scott, brings him a butterfinger. Yummy. Vernon catches them, the mighty men. They pull her away. They beat her up in front of her son. The boy cried because they made the boy watch. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, not an awesome thing to happen, but the performance here, like... She's great. She's She's awesome. I think this is like one of, if not her best moments here. I think so. And then talks about how then the boy crying pisses up, basically pissed off Vernon, makes him not believe. Yep. So he pulls the kid's hair, spanks him blue, takes his pants off, I guess, and spanks his little bow honey. Yeah. Then you're a child of beats him in front of his mom. 
Right. A lot of beatings going on. You're not a child of God. You're garbage. Sleep with the trash with the rats. Uh, the mother cried. Vernon beats him in front of her. And then Sydney cuts in and uh, starts doing the Sydney things. Yeah. The, the guns are in the Civil War bunkers. Boom. Only Vernon and guys know about them. And that's when Scully's like, okay, there's clearly going to be a map of the battlefield somewhere. So, And then he's like, no, no, you know how to find the bunkers. And then he turns to Melissa and asks, I want you to go back, back to the field. Yeah. And that's when old Sarah Kavanaugh comes back. Your eyes may have changed shade, but it cannot color the soul behind them. We have come together in this life, this time, only to meet in passing. It is so heartbreaking to wait. I miss you. Dude, it's good performance, and this is my favorite I, character. By yeah, me. and I love how, dude, Mulder just is overwhelmed. And, yeah, completely overwhelmed. taken in. And I like that, dude. Like, I think it works. I think it makes sense. He, this is a lonely fucking dude. Oh my god, Mulder <laughs> is. A, <laughs> this is a lonely. His cable bill is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> this is a man who hasn't had sex that didn't involve a transaction for probably three years. Yeah. The last time he had sex without giving a credit card. Yeah. Shit, man. Yeah. This is a guy who's never even bothered with free porn sites. He's going straight to members only. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. But this is in the dark ages of that, right? Yeah. Good, oh, you know, 96. 96? Jesus Dude. Christ. You better fucking rent the sex caliber from the fucking store. We got to go through the curtains <laughs> because I'll tell you what. <laughs> this is definitely catalogs of like ordering VHS porn. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're like, oh, nobody's around. <laughs> Probably slip through them beads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that! It's in the same p- spot as it was last time. Because I got a fucking. <laughs> don't need to rewind this one. <laughs> okay, so you're renting sh- <laughs> Schindler's <laughs> Fist. <laughs> And shaving Ryan's privates. Uh, oh, look, Edward Penis hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Han Solo, a Star Wars film. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wonderful. Nice. <laughs> World of Horcraft? I hear that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Oh, look, the sex files. Bring them back again. <laughs> That's got to be. A, that's got to be one. It's got to be one. I think they all are the ones that we name. Let's not lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mulder is overwhelmed. <laughs> but, uh, uh, this <laughs> it's so funny. It, you know, I'm, I'm watching this episode, and there's a lot I like about it, and I I, I all admitted like against other ones, I don't love it. But like, it, it, just imagine in my head this graphic. And you say, Mulder's a real lonely guy, right? <laughs> now, now, just listen. So you say that, and in my mind, I see this puzzle I've been working on called the, This is the Field Where I Watch You Die. And I just see <laughs> this puzzle piece just <laughs> landing in the fucking puzzle of the episode to me. <laughs> and me going, holy shit, that is why he believes all this bullshit. <laughs> Dude, he's a fucking, he is a sad, dude, you, you forget because a lot of times he's funny, he's quippy. Sure. He, he's passionate. Dude, he's a sad character. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking sad sack, man. This is a, he's a genius. 
he's semi estranged from his family who both end up dying at some point in the show. He's estranged from society in a sense. A hundred percent from his peers, from everybody except for Scully, essentially, mm-hmm. um, who won't bone him for years to come. Right. And, uh, yeah, man, he's, he doesn't have a lot like right. personally. That's why he's right. a workaholic. It's why all, all the shit, the passion, the trying to, and here's this beautiful woman who is I know. having this thing that Mulder wants to believe in, this he crazy really past life reincarnation. And now she's saying that basically they're soulmates. Yeah. And this idea that this life, they're just, it's passing. Their contact in this life is just passing and how right. fleeting and... And Mulder is just going right, and that unrequited it. thing is great. Puppy dog eyes on this. Right, right. So um, Scully, meanwhile, is like, okay, I'm going to try to ratchet this back. But what she says is important. She says that this is a product of her illness, yeah. reminding him that she is, in fact, ill in the brain. <laughs> reminding us that she is, in fact, a doctor. Right. And an FBI agent. <laughs> and Mulder is a lonely, sad little man. Right. I, man, she really sees this here because he just starts bawling. Yeah, they get could, him on the chair, right? The, this scene is like, uh, uh, if it went a minute longer, Scully just full face palm. Like Picard <laughs> face palm. Like, boom. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, he gets in the chair. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Send me back. And uh, I don't know what the fuck he's seeing. Probably some dream he had once. Maybe he had one like last night after hearing this girl's testimony. We don't know. That's why there's still a lot of reasonable doubt, which is cool. But actually, no, because it's been the same day. I don't know what Mulder's doing. But um, he starts with saying ghetto tree, shattered glass, bodies of the dead. And I'm like, oh, that all blows. Then he says, I'm a woman, a Jewish woman. And I go, jackpot. And then he says, Poland. And I'm like, whoa, back that up. <laughs> Not jackpot. No. And then he says, my son is with me. He is Samantha. And dude, so he's fucking confusing the shit out of me, okay? What is he talking about? What kind of blathering bullshit is he spewing? This shit is cool, man. It's I like fucking insane. I fucking love this, too. The This whole <clears throat> rigmarole, this <clears throat> whole scene, this monologue that he goes on, it fucking, like, just the concept, I'm like, oh my God, that's so, what an awesome concept that he's remembering a life where he's Mulder, like he recognizes his entity, his soul, whatever. Sure. But he's a Jewish woman and the fucking Germans are coming for them. His son in this life was his his sister, sister, Samantha. Sure. He sees his father dead out in the street. Mm -hmm. His father was Scully. So it's echoes through time because it's all the same. It's it. And he says something like souls, Souls stay with souls. They seek each other out. They come back. They relive things over and over to learn. Right. To souls learn from each life. other. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cancer Man is the Gestapo <laughs> agent standing over, <laughs> which, dude, I can totally picture that guy in, a, in an SS uniform. You actually no see shit. him in an SS uniform in one episode. Yes, we do. Um, and the husband... And this life is Melissa, and she's being taken away to a camp, not a summer camp. Right. Right. And he's like crying. He's fucking sure. feeling this loss of his soulmate. And then he gets into the bunker stuff, the, yeah, the Civil then, War, the then Missionary he gets, Ridge. Yep. 
and again, Scully's there. Scully's his sergeant who died in the fighting. Mm-hmm. Sarah's holding him. And this is, uh, I think, Duchovny does the best at this part of the scene where, when he says she is sad and he's like kind of like cracking and, and mm. very empathetic tears. Sure. Um, that's my favorite line that he delivers. Like just, it's a, such a simple line, but the way he says she is right. sad. Right. Um, it's, a, it's an empathetic feeling he has. Yeah. And, and importantly too, in the scene, he gives the full names, Sarah Cavanaugh and he is Sullivan Biddle. Sullivan Biddle. So then Scully's like, okay, all right, enough of this. Where were the bunkers? Where are the weapons? And Mulder's fucking little soul, he's tired. So Yeah, he's got a tired soul. Yep. My soul's tired, man. So she is going to go do some investigatory work, right? Yep. She's like, let's go. <clears throat> yeah, down to county records, looking at battle maps and... And the registry, right? Yeah. She, she gets a little bug up her ass about these names. That's right. Because she's like, all right, let's go see what's going on with these names. Because she does, um, this is, you know, she does give them the benefit of the doubt. She finds both names, finds images of these people. Right? It's spooky. It's spooky. It does look a shitload like Mulder. Right. I, I think it's supposed to. Yeah. And then the other one kind of looks like uh, the other lady, too. Yep. So and we th- go back this to Mulder is a, and Scully. Yeah, this scene. What do you think about the scene? This very brief scene between Scully and Mulder. Um, I love it. Yeah, she shows him the photographs. Ephesian and Melissa are going to Billy soon. Scholar says Mulder asks her, "What if they have always been friends? Would it change the way we looked at each other?" And Scully says that even if she knew for certain, she wouldn't change a day, except maybe the fluke man thing. It's a funny little joke it's like cute. that. Yeah, um, I like how this is something we just talked about in the Tombs episode, where there's this moment where I almost feel like Scully is trying to throw the guy a bone because he's kind of going through this turmoil. He's making him, he's really making this hard on himself by by really getting balls deep in this thing. And the way she throws him this bone, I just think is a really empathetic and caring thing that she does for him. And I'm not saying she's placating because I really do believe that she values him a lot and their friendship and what they have is something special. I think that's cool. Yeah. Because at this point, then the next scene, dude, it's Mulder with Melissa and he's playing the tape of her as Sarah Kavanaugh, right? Right. That can't be procedural. (laughs) No. Also, dude, really think about it. In what way does that have any impact on the case? Mm. It fucking doesn't, man. Right. I mean, yeah, the the initial idea was to get the idea about the Civil War buggers. At this point, man, this sad little man is That's just so is. desperately trying to get Melissa as the main personality to connection point. see this and believe this and to whatever, to have some kind of connection with her. Right. It's fucking sad, man. It's brutal. And I like how she says, you know, it's beautiful. It's a nice idea. I want to believe. <laughs> right. Awesome. But, yeah. 
I don't think it's the real. Like he has such a yearning on his face for this. Yeah. And if I knew it were true, I'd want to start over. She says. I think is how she. Wraps I want it up. to end this pointless life. Ooh. Ooh boy. And then Vernon opens the door and he's like, "Come here, number six, bitch, number six. <laughs> uh, Time to leave." And Time uh, to leave. she, she was. I think Mulder's like his desperation and his this level of feeling did kind of get to her a bit, you mm. know. And, and there's got to be a part of her. I, th- I think we believe that felt something. Right, felt some kind of crazy, weird connection here, and um, but then with Vernon's appearance, she rips the picture of sure. Sarah and walks sure. away. Sure. And then, um, of course, Mulder's upset. I mean, pretty upset. Oh he's, yeah. Like he goes over, he puts his head against the board or something like that. <laughs> and, and we should, we should probably mention there's some intimacy here with the hand touching. Yeah, um, he's like, "Look, your hands are bigger than mine, but I don't care." <laughs> in a probes, bro. Inappropes. Inappropes. Yeah. And um Touching yeah. the suspect. Yeah. Witness or whatever. So Scully tells Mulder that the BATF is searching an area around the compound that doesn't actually belong to Ephesian. So they're sort of skirting the law here. And yeah, looking for this bunker off his property. Yep. Good move. And yeah, and we see the little uh little happy reunion back at the old seven stars compound. Mm. And there's a good uh, kind of knowing look between Vernon and like some of his heavies as they're sure. looking out toward the, the mighty ATF. men. The mighty men, yep. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, man! Like the the look is very much like, oh shit, they're they're on to us. Time right. is short. Game over. Um, and then we go right back to Skinner, Mulder, and Scully. Uh, we can't move on. We can't get a second move on the compound. It's not going to happen. And. Um, that's when Mulder starts to say, but wait a second, there's some biblical shit here. He can't beat the devil's army, but he will deny them to the devil. He will deny them. Do you read the between the lines there, Skinner? He's going to fucking, they're all going to off themselves. That's what he's telling them. Yeah. And he already knows that Skinner is worried about this. So Skinner's like, fucking do it. Yep. And when it also coincides, the, the other ATF guys coming in like, hey, we just heard this. Yep. Your, things start to get a um, parabolic mic or something. Yep, yep. They're, they're playing it. Scully's looking up like, okay, shit, that's from... How does this end? Yep. Yeah. And we so, should lay down our life for him. Boom. How it Cleared ends. hot, go in. Yep. We get a, in between this, we get a little prayer call to worship. The Lord shall preserve your soul. If he gives some speech, it happens to be a final speech for all of these people. And uh, boy, this is where shit gets real dark. Yeah. This is also like the first time, well, even rewatching it, I'm like, they don't, I'm like, wait, ooh, they're drinking it already? Like, mm. like I, I, dude, honestly, I was like, Mulder and Skull are going to go in there and break it up. I thought that too. Totally. And then even after like some of the fucking no names start getting themselves out of the fucking gene pool, thank God. Sure. Um, I'm like, well, Melissa's not going to. Clearly, Melissa's fine, right? Yeah. No. Oh uh, man, yeah. So they're they're starting to drink the Kool Aid as he's giving his speech. Sure. ATF dudes start rolling Cyanide in. Poison, by the way. Jesus Christ. Yeah, very. This is very Jonestown. And you know what? Not pleasant. I hear that is a terrible death. Yeah. Yep. It's quick, yeah. but it's not easy. Yeah. I think it takes like five minutes, something like that, yeah, on average. Like, 
and they and they Five and they were talking about minutes. they were talking about like it, it you like the contortions and, and breaking of your body from your movement alone yeah is something to behold dude it's like that I, I wanted to see there was that movie that came out uh, a few years back right about Jonestown yeah that is shit that Netflix is fucking nuts yeah dude dude it was it was like it was over nine hundred people. Yeah, it's it's, un, it's unbelievable. It's called the sacrament. You've seen the pictures? It's just bodies. It's, it's gross, dude. Fucking bodies, like a whole field of bodies just lying down. Yeah, it's it's insane. Sleepy dude. time, sleepy time, siesta. It's insane, man. It's insane. Yeah. Jim Jones. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, the ATF is rolling in, and they just opened fire. Yeah, because. This is realistic to me. They hit one of the ATF agents. They pull back, kind of seize fire, set up a perimeter. Okay. Like, that's how they, that shit yeah, happens. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck hit, this. Right? We're not going to get into, like, a running gun battle. Right. Right. Um, Let's secure it and, and go about this attack the right way. Yeah. That, okay. Right. We're going to start negotiating. We'll do whatever. And Mulder is the one who realizes there is no time. None. And he just drops his jacket his gun puts his hands up and starts walking towards the compound. Yeah. Yeah. Dangerous, man. The guy fucking had some kind of M14 out the window or some shit. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, boy, what a terror. What a, what a tragic mess that you see when they walk in. Yeah. This is kind of cut back and forth because then we see all these bodies just down as Mulder's kind of coming into the compound. Yeah. And then you see Melissa and then her eyes open. Right. And she sits up and you're like, Oh, okay. Right. And then fucking, and then he's standing over her. Yeah. No, she didn't fake it. Vengeful prick. By the way, how brutal is that? Why is he standing there? What a dick move. I know. How long was he standing there? Has everybody else just died? Waiting for what about your other five or six wives? Fuck them. Yeah, you, this can't even be his favorite. Like, he knew, and yeah. you know, I think she knew. I think he knew because she did a little Sydney thing for a minute. And I oh, think yeah, he she, might like, realize that Sydney's kind of skeptical. Tap those, so he tapped the fingers. Yeah, yeah, so he waited out. Fucking brutal. Um, yeah, man, and it just the back and forth. It's kind of cool how it fucks with your emotions. Like, oh man, she's live. Oh no, she's not. And then Mulder walks in, and they're both done, gone. Yeah, and Mulder, like the way he goes down, <sighs> and then he looks, and she's holding the picture of Sarah, Sarah Kavana in her hand. Sure. And uh, his face when he sees the room. Oh man, and Scully's is so good. Like the reactions of this kind of. Yeah. I mean, this is something no, most people don't, you're never going to see something like this. No. Holy but shit, dude, that's a he, lot of dead people. But yeah, but he doesn't, he starts crying when he sees the picture in her hands. Of course. And then. He, he knows what she was thinking about, right? Or yeah, he dude. That, it's yeah. fucking sad. Yeah. Mulder is a sad. fucking sad, pe- it's not just sad like, oh, it's sad, tragic story, 50, 70, whatever, people died. It's, this character is so fucking sad. When you really, when you really get beyond the quirks and the things we like about him and shit sure. like that, um, and then it ends as it started, right with this poem, mm-hmm. Mulder stands yep. out there. 
At times, I almost dream I too have spent a life the sage's way and tread once more familiar paths. Perhaps I perished in arrogant self-reliance an age ago, and in the act of prayer for one more chance went up so earnest, so instinct and better light let in by death that life was blotted out not so completely, but scattered wrecks enough of it to remain dim memories. And now, and seems once more, the goal in sight again. God mm. damn, dude. Some fucking intense shit. Yeah. Yeah, I probably fucked up. I transposed it perfectly, but you know that's what it is. Something like that. That's at least a part of it. Solid. I I actually found a pretty uh, sweet website, by the way, which has um, like the actual full like scripts, screenplays of uh, almost every X Files, like teleplay shit. Yeah. Nice baby. Yeah. Hey baby. Hey baby. Um, Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and he's just again we. The scene we opened with, right? Yeah. Little, yep. uh... Yep. So, boom. That's the shit right there. That's all done, That's bro. That's the field that I died in. That's the one. Um, final it, thoughts, so. buddy? Well, my final thoughts on this are, um... Hmm. I... It's a pretty dark episode when you think. When mm-hmm. I think back on it, um, I like unrequited love stuff. I'm a sucker for that. Maybe I'm just an old romantic, but I like that part of this episode a lot. Um, I like this episode more the second time I watch it than I did the first time because I got past my own expectations and just watched the story that they decided to tell, um, which was pretty interesting. So I don't really have much more to say about it other than we definitely get a look at the darker aspects of Mulder. And when you put it in place like you did, I think your observation about he's a sad character, think about his life for a minute and then put it in context of the episode. It definitely makes it more enjoyable if you can come to that conclusion. Um, If you don't, you might not appreciate what Mulder's going through here. And even then what Scully's going through and having to deal with him in a sense. I know it's a shitty way to say it, but... um, and still, I, I, I'm still fascinated by this cult stuff, and uh, I'm glad you picked it. It was cool to talk about. I'm glad we picked one not so obvious for a change, and um, I, I commend your pick. And it's thanks for showing me the episode. It yeah, stuff. it was a fun one to, and hopefully for you guys listening, like maybe this is one, you know, when we cover ice or squeeze, like that's probably even if you don't rewatch, it's just kind of in your in your head. But um, maybe you, uh, maybe want to go and rewatch this one again and give it another shot. Um, yeah, I think I've said everything I need to. I, I just, I think it's, it was a cool effort. It did, it was not perfectly executed for me. There's some real powerful moments. I really liked the episode overall and it almost makes me think, man, like I, I want to see the 64. I want to see the director's cut. I, I was going crazy trying to find I found a couple scenes that got cut from it but not you know the whole thing and you know then I started thinking about like the second X-Files movie mm. and I'm like man like you this maybe could have been at least as good as that story I mean that's not a great movie we covered that on the science fiction <laughs> film podcast and I think it's on this feed too um, but Man, like you, you add more of the cult elements. You give this relationship some more power. You 
you know, give Scully obviously more, uh, uh, an important role too. And it's like, man, like, you know, like this could almost be a, a movie, you know, like, sure. you, you, I think you could easily add, you could easily double the length of this, add a couple elements and then really just give the time, you know, let, let Michael Massey be the sure. cult leader a little bit sure. more. And, and this, this whole, this investigation into the cult thing. And then this, you know, just that the relationship developed between Mulder and, and Melissa and, and how, and Scully, the, one of my downsides of this episode is, is Scully's more of a, I guess she's kind of a passenger. She yeah. makes all these great points and, and is having a great role and nothing. She really does affects anything. Cause Mulder just fucking gets his way, but yeah, he's just bull bull rushing. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. But man, it's cool. You know, it, it's, it's something different. It was fun to talk about. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad, glad we covered it. Cool. Me too. All right. Well, <clears throat> what me. do you got, buddy? It's uh, you're you're up. Oh yeah, I got to pick one, don't you're, I? You're oh, due. We're at that part. You oh. are due, sir. Okay. Well, I'm gonna pick this just because I want to gross you out. Mm. And well, it's up. It was down to two. I'll tell you the two. It was down to. Um, it was down to triangle. I was gonna pick triangle, which is season six, episode three. That would be the latest episode we've covered, which is where we get real surreal and we just go Bermuda Triangle, missing ship, World War II stuff. Oh, yeah. That was the one I was just talking about. That's where you see uh, him in the... Um, the the SS uniform. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the one. Um, which is funny you said that because that was, that was the one I was thinking about picking. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to rein it back in. I'm going to play it a little bit safe, but only on account of making you and me squirm as we watch this. Mm. But I'm going to go with season two, episode two, The Host. Speak of the fluke, man. That's the the fluke fluke man, right? Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Nice. I figured we'll have a frame of reference for the joke we just heard. And it's disgusting. And the worst part about it is the thing, the noises it makes. It's fucking disgusting. But um, Uh, I I still have the visual of that fucking thing in my head. It's terrifying. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. I don't know how much meat there is on the bone there. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun to talk about. The flu nice. man. And nice. I haven't watched it in a long time. So that's my pick, bitch. Booyah. There right. you are, people. Getting two days in a row. Two days in a row. Which means I'm probably releasing it in another day. <laughs> Keep up with that promise you just made. <laughs> or it's going to sound weird if it comes out a month later. <laughs> that's all right. I planned on doing it soon anyway. So the next day or two it'll come out. But I had a lot of fun talking about this. It's good to be back at the X-Files. And uh, we hope you guys are enjoying it. Josh, good these bid these good people adieu. All right, y'all. We'll see you later. Be, be careful them them federal troops coming up on you. Yeah, keep away from them federal government types. Hey, everybody. This is Dean with LSG Media, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of the X-Files podcast. Be sure to check us out on LibertyStreetGeek.net to see what other shows we have going, like the Science Fiction Film Podcast, the Walking Dead Podcast, the Game of Thrones Podcast, podcast for days. Get over to LibertyStreetGeek.net and check us out. Thanks. Bye. Bye.